So uh, we're continuing in our series of Forgotten Virtues. And uh, Jeff has talked about things like purity and and uh, some kind of hard hitting issues that have kind of hit us in the face and make us feel uh, a little uncomfortable on purpose. Uh, last week, Drew talked about uh, resolving conflict and uh, did a great job of helping us understand that the that, that conflict is a part of our world. Well, one of the points that he made was that indeed conflict is inevitable we are not, none of us are immune to conflict, okay? It's just part of our world. Well, the same could be true with the topic that we're going to be talking about today, facing struggles. Struggles, like conflict, they're actually pretty closely related. Struggles, like conflict, are inevitable. It's just part of the fallen world that we live in. None of us are immune. We all suffer daily sometimes with some sort of struggle or another, And it might be a a relationship struggle. It might be a financial struggle. It might be a pressure from peers or coworkers or whatever. It might be a a moral struggle as I try to decide and I'm getting this pressure. I can't. We all suffer from struggles. It's inevitable. It's a part of our fallen world. All of the bad things that happen are a part of the original sin and misbehavior and disobedience to God. It's a part of what the world that we live in post sin, pain storms, disease, fear, even thorns on bushes are a part of the fallen world that we live in. So we can't get away from them. Listen to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. We are hard-pressed on every side. We are perplexed. We're persecuted. We're struck down. And that's kind of a depressing couple of verses, right? It makes us feel bad, but it's a reality. That we're hard-pressed, we're struck down, we're perplexed, things are not so good. A lot of times we struggle with different things. Well, it's not wrong to feel that way. Okay, You don't have to feel bad about the fact that you're feeling bad. But as a Christ follower, and hopefully we are Christ followers, a person who follows the, our, our creator God and his son Jesus Christ, soon on the heels of that feeling needs to come the realization of the truth that because of the one I believe in and the one I put my confidence in, that I don't have to stop there. I can be hard-pressed, but I don't have to be crushed. All right? Let me read that verse as it actually appears in the Bible. And I'm going to include the parts that I purposely left out that time. Second Corinthians 4, verse 8 and 9. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. That's an awesome verse. It's so encouraging. But why are we not crushed and abandoned and perplexed and desperate? We are not crushed and abandoned and perplexed and desperate because the one who lives in me is stronger than the one who is in the world. The one who lives in me as a Christ follower is stronger than the one who's causing the struggles. That's why I can be perplexed but not abandoned. That's why I can be pressed but not crushed. But like so many truths, spiritual truths, it's hard for us to grasp that, isn't it? And it's even harder for us to act as if we believe that. Why is that so hard? Well, it's so hard because of our spiritual nature, that fallen world thing. It just follows us. Our sinful nature and our immaturity make it difficult for us to believe and to grasp and to really act as if spiritual truths are true. Our spiritual nature, our immaturity gets in the way. You know, we all have defaults. 
uh, of the way that we react to these kinds of things. We all have different ways in which uh, it's kind of built into our personality, our default of how we react to that. What are some common ones? We have, there's some commonalities in our, in our uh, reactions to struggles. One is it's the fix-it-yourself default. Okay, I'm struggling. I'm going to pick myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to suck it up. I'm just going to fix it. I don't care if it hurts some people around me. I'm just going to manipulate the situation or I'm going to manipulate the people that are involved in the situation and I'm going to get them out of the way. I'm going to push them out of the way. I'm just going to fix it myself. Okay. Well, the problem with that tactic is that it's kind of a double edged sword, right? So the sinful nature of the immaturity causes us to feel like we need to fix it ourselves, makes it so that the fix it, the way we fix it is tainted and doesn't work. Okay, so it's this double edged thing that just that just kind of rotates itself into a a bad spiral. It's that selfishness. It's that uh, spiritual, sinful nature and immaturity that causes me to want to do it myself. It also causes the way that I want to do it myself to not work. Okay, what's another default that some of us use? I call it the fold default, the cave in default, the maybe if I ignore it, it'll go away default. I can't handle it. I'm just going to cave. I'm not going to do anything. Maybe it'll just go away. Well, does it ever go away? No, it never goes away. If if that's all you do is just cave in. Maybe if I ignore it. Okay, that doesn't work. Maybe a default of yours is to turn to some sort of substance or some sort of addiction to try to mask it, to cover it up. Okay, I'm not ignoring it, but I'm just going to cover it up. That'll take care of it. Okay. There's a related way in which I think in our 21st century uh, American kind of suburban culture, what we try to do, we try to schedule our way out of it. I'm struggling here. Maybe if I just become so busy, I won't have to think about it. Those of us who have kids, teenagers, young kids, uh, this is really common. Maybe if I just put my kid in every single activity there possibly is and say yes to everything we'll be so busy from the time they wake up until the time they go to bed that I don't have to think about her or I won't have to think about him or I won't have to think about it if I just schedule myself crazy I'll just be able to get through it does that make it go away does that fix it no it just masks it doesn't fix it you still have the problem you still have the struggle Another default is the complainer. Woe is me. Maybe my reaction is just to speak out in ways in which I just, I I can't believe this happened to me, blah, 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 blah. I complain myself out of it or I try. That never works either. Another another kind of symptom of our American culture is to to try to buy our way out of it. Um, My wife, Kim. She never she never follows through on this, but she always threatens this. We we have something that breaks down in our house and something is not working. It's causing all kinds of stress and a struggle. And, and she's I'll get home. She says, she says, I I can't put up with that anymore. You just better watch it. I'm going to the outlet mall and I'm buying something huge. <laughs> Fortunately, she has the control not to follow through with that. She says, I can't do it. I can't do it. But we feel like that. We're like, this is so stressful that I'm just going to I just need to go buy something. And well, that never works either. Right. Because. I don't have the money to do it, so I put it on the credit card, so that causes issue, and that increases my debt, and that creases, and it causes more problems. So my point is that we try to fix it. Can you, can you see the, the commonalities in all of those defaults that we often have? The commonality is, 
I'm going to fix it. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to either complain or I'm going to mask me, 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 me. I'm going to make this better. Can you also see the commonality that it never works? <laughs> I wonder why that is. So what's the result of putting our trust in those things? Well, the result is that people, if I put my trust in people, people disappoint me. If I put my trust in things, things disappoint me. Objects disappoint me. They just mask a problem that doesn't take the problem away. If I put my trust in money, first of all, there's never enough money to make it work. Second of all, if I create somehow the money to make it work, it causes more problems. It just never works. That's the problem. That's the result of treating struggles like that. But we all do it because that's how come I'm seeing faces out there going. Whoa! <laughs> that's awesome. They got back just in the nick of time. I was so tempted. I was so tempted to tell Aaron, you better get your face away from the front of that table. That's awesome. Good job, guys. It was so hard for me not to, to, to talk over here and not to look at that. But right there at the end, I could see faces start to go. <laughs> okay, so listen to Psalm 146, though. These are the first 10 verses of Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to the God as long as I live. Do not listen to the words. Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in God, whose hope is in the Lord, their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and he gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts those up who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O God of Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. Remember the commonalities of our default solutions that we try to do? Me, me, me. I'm trying to do it myself. I'm trying to make it better. But listen to the words of Psalm 146. I want to read parts of that again. And I want you to just focus in on the words here. Listen to what it says. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. Don't put your trust in people. They cannot do it. This is God talking. Okay. But blessed are those whose help is in the Lord. Blessed are those who put their hope in God. I think it would be uh, really interesting to do a whole series, either a series of sermons or a sermon or a couple of sermons about all of the things that are promised after that. Set, after the Bible says, blessed are dot, dot, dot. Blessed are those people whose help is in God, who's put their hope in in the Lord. And we're not talking about, we know we're not talking about the hope as in like, well, I hope it doesn't rain today or I hope I win the lottery. That's, that's not what it's talking about here. Hope in the biblical sense of the word is I know for certain that my future is held. I know for absolute certainty that he has me in his hand. My hope for the future, my future is in his hand. And God says here in his word that blessed are those who believe that. Who get it? 
Later on, it says, but he frustrates those who this word, this uses the word wicked, but he frustrates us when we try to do it ourselves, when we try to in us, in our sinful nature, in our immaturity, in our selfishness, when we try to do it, he frustrates that plan on purpose because he doesn't want us to do it that way. I can't do it. I need to put my hope, my help in him to do it because he can. Listen to this verse. Many of you have heard this before. John, first John four, four, you dear children are from God and you've overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. This was an awesome experiment. This was great. Those guys over here, they put rubber bands on that watermelon until it exploded. And it was off. Hey, Chris did this with the junior high kids a couple of months ago. He used a, a not a, a watermelon. He used a watermelon. And that thing blew 30 feet in the air. He had it over a top of an overturned metal uh, trash can, blew a hole in the metal trash can. It was incredible. He has a video of that. But unbeknownst to you, greater is he who is in me that is in the world. This one didn't crush because if I can get this thing off, I filled this puppy up with concrete. It's, how do I get the lid off? There, that thing is full of concrete. That thing wasn't going anywhere. All right. And it worked perfectly. Greater is he who is in me than the one who is in the world. When I am full of God and his presence and his strength, pressed from every side, but I'm not crushed. Okay. That's the illustration there, and it worked awesome. We were kind of never nervous whether it was going to work or not. I told Jen up here, well, I t- we talked about this uh, a few days ago. I said, okay, I have uh, this kind of weird idea. First of all, I want to ask if it's okay if I do it, and then I'm just going to tell you I'm going to do it anyway, and so ask you to be patient with me. So we didn't know if that was going to take five minutes or 55 minutes. And so she was gracious enough to continue to do worship knowing that any time so actually it worked out perfectly greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world so why is it so hard if we understand that or if we think we understand that why is it so hard to put our trust in god well i think it's so hard because it involves fear struggles involve fear which is also a part of our fallen world or a result of our fallen world we're fearful And our bodies constrict and our emotions constrict. And it's really, really hard for us to put our trust in God because we're afraid. But we don't have to be afraid. Joshua 1 9. I have commanded you be strong, be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Listen to this. Psalm 27, 1 through 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me, when the big old rubber bands just start to crush me from the outside, who's going to devour me? It's my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not be afraid. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. The Bible promises when I put my trust in God, when I put concrete in my watermelon, I don't have to be afraid. Because I'm going to be pressed, we're all going to be pressed, but I'm not going to be crushed. That should be really, really encouraging, right? It should also be a wake-up call that I need to practice not doing it myself. Have you ever been asked in a group of people to, um, to really honestly um, 
um, admit what you're most fearful about. You know, our, our life group did that uh, a couple of months ago. We went around the room. We talked about, you know, we, we try to get it below the surface. Like, well, I'm, you know, not like I'm afraid of spiders or whatever. What you know, things that I'm like really, really fearful of in my in, down deep inside. Uh, our blood brothers group does that uh, every once in a while, and I've been in other groups that do that. Have you ever have you ever truthfully and honestly kind of examined what causes fear? In your life, I, I think we all have different ones, but uh, there are also some commonalities. One of the really, really common ones is failure. I'm afraid of not measuring up. Every boy on the earth needs to to be answered by his father. Do I have what it takes? Just like every Christian needs to be answered by his heavenly father or her heavenly father. Do I have what it takes? And so many of us are fearful because we don't think we have what it takes. I'm afraid that I won't measure up. I'm afraid that I won't have the skills or the ability or the strength or whatever to do what's being asked of me. And that causes fear. Well, the problem or the answer to that is that God says in his word that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have concrete in your watermelon. He who is in you is greater, is stronger, is bigger than the one that's in the world that's causing that fear. Another common fear that people have is of, I'm going to call it financial, not able to meet itness. Okay, but you don't understand. We live paycheck to paycheck and there's, when that washing machine breaks, it, I don't know how in the world we're going to, okay. It's fear that causes that. The problem with that thinking is the God of the universe, the God that put the stars in this, he made the money that is needed to buy a washing machine. Do you really, really think that God cares whether you have enough money to buy a washing machine? Well, of course he does, right? He knows every hair on your head. He knows every word that comes out of your mouth before it comes out of your mouth. He knows every thought that you're going to think before you think it. You are his pride and joy. Of course he cares that you have what you need to accomplish life. But do you think he's intimidated by the fact that that whatever is going to cost a few hundred dollars that's causing you that? Yeah, he cares about that. Yeah, he's way, way, way bigger than that. He who is in me is bigger, greater, stronger than he who is in the world. Another really common fear, relationship breakdowns. Husband, wife, father, son, father, daughter, whatever it is. We fear the fact that we are out of control of a situation and the fact that I, I can't deal with this anymore. Well, Bible says that I'm a child of God. I ha- he, is, he is in me. I have his arms wrapped around me. I have concrete in my watermelon with him. Okay? Fear from pressure. It's a really great, legitimate fear for our students. I go to school. I want to be a good boy. I want to be a good girl. But the pressure from around me is so great. I go to work. I want to be good. I want to be honorable. I want to have integrity, but the pressure is so great. But you have concrete in your watermelon. He who is in you is greater than all of that. If I try to fix it myself, if I try to rely on myself, it doesn't work. The Bible says, blessed am I when I put my trust, when I put my hope in him. Jeremiah 17 seven and eight, but blessed. Here's that word again, blessed. Pay attention to whatever it says afterward. Blessed. That's the, that's the, uh, the lesson here, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots all out underneath the stream. 
It doesn't fear when the heat comes. The leaves are always green. It has no worry in a year of drought because it always bears fruit. The big tree and the, and the branches or the uh, roots go so deep, deep, down deep. It's not intimidated when the, when the stream is dry during the summertime because what's in that root system is stronger than the dry dirt on top. I did a really cool experiment this week and it turned out uh, really, really awesome. Um, I have to apologize because for the second sermon in a row, you're not getting a Kevin, you're a moron story. Is it, isn't that sad? That's, I'm going to have to do better. I'm falling down on the job. But anyway, today you get a, dude, that was a, a swell idea. Okay. So I did have this idea. Uh, there are a lot of scriptures, chunks of scriptures, different verses, chapters in the Bible that are really, really, really cool. They kind of stand out above the rest as being kind of very, very popular. Well, the problem with that a lot of times is that they're so popular that they come become kind of cliche and they lose a little bit of their oomph for their their luster because they're repeated so often. Um, John three sixteen is a little bit like that. It's an awesome, incredible truth-filled thing, but because it is so impactful, it becomes a bumper sticker, and it becomes a billboard, and it becomes this and that, and then pretty soon, after generations, you almost get tired of hearing it. I'm not saying you do, but that, that's a problem with very, very popular scriptures. Well, Psalm 23 is one of those, and uh, I'm going to read it to you, but I want you to, to listen to uh, the 23rd Psalm in a, in a fresh light, because although it's, it's a super, super popular quoted you know, beyond a lot of other scriptures, it, it could be the poster child for what we're talking about today. Putting our trust in the Lord, resting in his hope. Okay, listen to the words. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll, live in the ho- I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Powerful, powerful uh, words from God there written by David. Well, here's my idea. Okay, so here, repeat after me. Uh, my goodness. That was the swellest idea ever. And I haven't even heard it yet. Okay. Are you excited? Okay. So here's what I did. I took the Psalm 23 and I wrote it all out line by line. And then I gave that piece of paper to about 30 of you. Okay. And I asked those people who I gave the paper to. I said, read down through that. Pick one of those that kind of pops out at you. Pick one of those lines from Psalm 23 that says something to you, okay? And then I want you to rewrite that in your own words using either a current or a past relationship or an experience in your family or whatever, or just change the words around so that it is in your own language and your own feelings, okay? And then send that and email those back to me, okay? So I did that to it with about 30 people and most of, of those came back. Some of them came back in the form of just a line. Here's, here's the line I read. Here's my line. Okay. And, and reword it in, in that person's own words. Okay. Some people wrote a paragraph. Gary Boys wrote 
a page and a half. <laughs> and, and that was really touching. I, I haven't even talked to, he was in first service. I haven't talked to him about this since, but it was, this was a, an incredibly beautiful page and a half. And this experience or this going through the, the motions of this was a, a cathartic experience for him as he relived on paper some really, really deep, heartfelt feelings about the, the last days and the years leading up to his mother's death, an agonizing disease that just stretched over on and on and on. His, his fear, his uh, compassion and his passion and, and all of that wrapped up into, and it was just beautiful. Okay. Some people uh, came to me and said, man, I really don't, I don't write so well. I don't really know what to, but here, let me just tell you. Okay. And, and all of that, I took that just, so there were there were some lines in 23rd Psalm that four or five people responded to. There were some lines that only one person responded to, but every line was responded to by somebody picked that line. Okay. So, uh, I took all of that and picked out little phrases and words and thoughts from each one of those and reassembled it into what has become the grace chapel family, 23rd Psalm. Okay, so this, these are the words of you. Okay, here's what came out. It's really, really cool. It's up on the screen. Psalm 23, Grace Chapel style. The Holy Spirit is that voice that guides me. My every day concludes with no needs left unmet. Like an animal that is fed and safe, I feel such comfort with God. When I'm stressed, he calms me. Just as the world begins to pull me down, he sends me a sense of peace. His word teaches me and saves me from so many mistakes. Even when the way is dark and treacherous and filled with suffering, I'm not consumed by the things that scare me because I feel his presence every day. It's scary giving you control, but I know you have me in your hands. You've given me friends who keep me encouraged in the midst of battles. Gripped with unworthiness, you tenderly whisper who I am in Christ. The healing I have received spills out to those around me. You've brought me through tough times for years, and you've never let me forget that you are my first love. I now have everything, security, peace, and grace, till I meet face to face. Holy bumps. You get holy bumps? That's awesome. I'm going to read it again. Did you, so when you hear something really cool, you get goosebumps, but when it's like a spiritual thing, you get holy bumps. Okay, so did that give you holy bumps or what? That's awesome. Let's read it again. And by the way, when you leave today, there are bookmarks out on the table there. Take as many as you want with, with the 23rd Psalm. And on the bottom of that, it's, it's signed, uh, love your children from Grace Chapel. I think it's just, this is, these are your words. This is very cool. Let's read it again. The Holy Spirit is that voice that guides me. My every day concludes with no needs left unmet. Like an animal that's fed and safe, I feel such comfort with God. When I'm stressed, he calms me. And just when the world begins to pull me down, he sends me a sense of peace. His word teaches me and saves me from so many mistakes. And even when the way is dark and treacherous and filled with suffering, I'm not consumed by the things that scare me because I feel his presence every day. Scary giving control, but I know that you have me in your hands. You've given me friends to keep me encouraged in the midst of battles. Gripped with unworthiness, you tenderly whisper who I am in Christ. The healing I've received spills out to those around me. 
You've brought me through tough times for years, and you've never let me forget that you are my first love. I now have everything, security, peace, and grace, until we meet face to face. Now, God wants us. He created us. We're his pride and joy. It it has to just pain him when we ignore that and we, we try so hard in our own fear and our own whatever to try to take care of things when he's thinking all along if you just put your hope in me i'm stronger than all of that but here you are little child struggling and struggling and flailing away trying to fix things that you can't even do it in you know you can't in the first place but yet you try he wants so badly for us to just sit ourselves in his lap and say jesus i need help with this struggle be candid with him talk to him You have concrete in your watermelon. You can be pressed from all sides, but not crushed because you're filled with concrete. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you uh, for your message today. We thank you for your words. We thank you for the encouragement and the, the power and the sentiment of love for your children that's behind those words. And uh, I want to thank you for uh, just for my church family here and the incredible people that are represented here, the lives that are represented here. Um, we praise you. We honor you. We thank you. We love you. It's all because you deserve those things even more than we can give. You're an awesome, awesome God. And uh, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right. Well, happy Sunday. Go get some ice cream. <laughs>